Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning into the Third Coast Podcast. I'm Katie Mingle. This week, something a little different. Two stories from one of our favorite WBEZ reporters, Linda Lutton. If you're a This American Life fan, you probably heard Linda on their recent double episode about violence at Harper High School in Chicago. And in fact, it was one of the stories we're featuring today that actually inspired This American Life to spend five whole months reporting at Harper. So today we bring you two stories by Linda, both feature Harper High's remarkable principal who faces incredible obstacles at her South Side school. Here is the first story called Harper Funeral. You hear about the bullets that find the kids. Kids shot on the block where they live, kids shot on the way to school, kids shot while they play. Basically, I do come to all the funerals. Leonetta Sanders is principal at Harper High School in the Englewood neighborhood. But on this day, she's also a mourner, one of hundreds overflowing a little church at 88th and Hermitage. She's wearing a bright orange shirt the color of lilies and popsicles. One floor above us in the sanctuary, the casket is covered with flowers. Shikaki Aspie was 16, just finished sophomore year, a girl who loved basketball and playing the drums. She was shot on a porch talking to friends. Principals think about numbers all the time, test scores and attendance and dropout rates. This year, Sanders is counting funerals too. It would be eight total with current and former students. Sometimes she cannot even get to the funeral before the next gun comes out. We are literally picking up students in the morning in our own cars and bringing them to school because they cannot walk through certain areas. Yesterday morning, for example, I had a student walking down woods from 63rd to 65th and he was shot at. He was shot at yesterday morning. Sanders sometimes dreams she could pick up her whole school and plunk it down a few blocks away so she could get Harper High out of these raging gang wars. Starting last June, um, I started a a binder known as the Harper High School Victim and Offenders Binder. Um, One day after, and I can't remember which incident, I just started a list. Lamont Goggins, Marcus Nunn, DeAndre Alexander. Sanders' list stretches Cedric across two Bale, sheets of paper. Sergio it's 27 Penix, names total, all current or former Darius Harper students. Barney, 19 shot, 8 dead, one school year. Near each student's name, Sanders marks down gang affiliations if she knows of any, or details about the death, like shot sitting on porch. Damari Ward, Ja Gresham. As I wrote the Sanders. list, I mean, I just... Tears just ran down my face. Raymond Fuller. Because it's different when you see it like this. When you see the total number of students in one high school that have been affected by gun violence. Kamal Brown, Treshawn Thomas, Excel Moore. And, And I sit back and I just say, wow, like, does anyone, is anyone else looking at this data? Because every couple of weeks I'm adding another name. Jamal Wiley, Paris Smith. Then she had to add Shikaki Aspie's name. With Shikaki's death, a lot of staff members broke down. I found out Sunday morning at like 7.45 when they called me. I was getting ready for church, and I couldn't even go because 
I broke down the whole day. I had to call my psychologist and my social worker because I didn't think I was, I didn't think I could continue this work. Basically, Sanders' school is in a war zone. I had to call one of Shikaki's teachers and she, she just screamed on the phone. The social worker that worked with her fell out. And so when I knew all of this was going on, I had to gather myself together. And the first thing I did was just go in my bathroom and pray. And I just prayed for God to give me the strength to deal with this. At the funeral, Shikaki's mother cried out in pain. Her wails pulled tears from the hundreds who packed the church. From the pulpit, Principal Sanders read a resolution from Harper High. Whereas God, with his infinite wisdom and divine love, has called from our midst, Shikaki asked, We, the staff of Harper High School, take this time to share our heartfelt and sincere sympathy with the entire Asby family in the loss of your loved one. Be it therefore resolved that although her presence will be great, The girls' basketball coach spoke. Shikaki's teammates stood near her casket, dressed in their red jerseys. Sanders says for her, the most painful thing about all this is how it affects her students. She says recently some Harper alumni came back to visit. I had a student in there. His name is Deontay Tanner. And he said... Do you know what me and my friends talked about at the end of the school day, the last day of school? And he said, which one of us won't make it back in August? What kind of conversation is that for children to have? Sanders says it's not that people aren't trying. She says she can't imagine a better staff. When she asks the police commander for more cars at dismissal, she always gets them. CPS found more than 200 summer jobs for Harper students. But it's, it's, it's still a missing component. I mean, I don't have the magic. I don't even know what the magic is that will stop this, but something has to be done. Something has to be done. Sanders says people need to stay prayed up. Because I pray every day, all day for my children. Every day that I don't get another call stating that another student has been killed. We just started the summer. I got a long summer to go. Linda Lutton, WBEZ. That was Harper Funeral by Linda Lutton. The story inspired the recent double episodes of This American Life about violence at Harper High, which you should hear if you haven't yet. Linda spent a whole bunch of time following around Principal Sanders last year, including one day while she was attempting to round up students who had stopped coming to school. Close to 60% of all Chicago public school students will end up dropping out of school, and mostly no one really looks for them. 
Mayor Rahm Emanuel wants to change that. And in our next story by Linda Lutton, she looks into what that would take. To get an idea of how many dropouts are in Chicago, imagine for a minute we're at Soldier Field. Wait, let me stick in some sound effects here. There we go. Okay, imagine something huge. The stadium is packed. There are 60,000 people here. That's how many dropouts this city has. I'm talking about kids who are between 13 and 21 years old. Kids who have no high school diploma and are not in school. They would fill up this stadium, every seat. Now, for the first time, Chicago is pledging to go after them. Where are you supposed to be at right now? Why aren't you in school? Leonetta Sanders is not actually looking for dropouts. The district doesn't do that yet. But it could learn a lot from the way the Harper High School principal goes after her truant students. Sanders works off a list of names and addresses. Today, it's freshmen. But out on the streets, she'll go after anybody. Forget the list. Is that baby? When she sees one of her students pushing a lawnmower down Damon Avenue at 11 a.m., she's on it. What you pushing this lawnmower for? Coffee, go home and cut my grass. Okay, and then what you gonna do tomorrow at 7.45? Be at school. You gonna be at school, baby? Yeah. Are you sure you gonna be at school? Positive. You gonna have on your uniform? Yes. You ready to learn? Yes. Okay. Now don't lie to me if you say Sanders crosses the street at a furious pace. She heads straight for the gas station where Baber had been hanging out and marches inside. And I understand some of my kids are hanging out here during the day they supposed to be in school. Okay. And I just caught one of them leaving here. So I need you to let them know that they need to be in school starting tomorrow, full uniform. From behind thick, bulletproof glass, the gas station attendant promises not to sell anything to kids during school hours. And that's how the morning goes. Sanders knocks on doors, talks on porches. A lot of people like, you the principal coming out to the house? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Some believe it's going to take that sort of attitude and outreach to get thousands of dropouts back to school. Without even trying, Sanders finds two dropouts after visiting a half dozen homes. One agrees to enroll in Harper. He's 16 on house arrest, a fat ankle bracelet around his leg, a gun charge. Hey, darling, step on now. What you doing, sleep? What's your name? I had just got Marshawn. Marshawn, do you went to Marshall? What happened? There you go. When you get out in the community, see, he wasn't even expected to be on our roster. But we're going to take him in, we're going to welcome him and see what we can do to make sure that he's successful and that he graduates. So now it's 49999 <laughs> Some dropouts do find their way back to school, but that's often because of community groups or family, not necessarily the schools. Jennifer Vitus oversees alternative schools for CPS. What we have never had is a systemic effort to identify and recover these students and get them back in school. It's a big deal, this new commitment the district is making. But all the details, how they'll find dropouts, what the campaign will look like, how many kids will re-enroll, how they'll pay for it, nobody has any of that figured out yet. Here's what Vitus does know. We will have a very highly visible, youth-friendly system for reaching these kids, figuring out what the best fit is for them, and counseling them into those seats. Think Facebook, Twitter, websites, an ad campaign. We're coming to get you to bring you back. And we may not get you today, 
but we are going to eventually get you back in the system. Cities like Houston have run campaigns to re-enroll dropouts. Houston is gearing up right now for an annual one-day dropout walk. Politicians join a 1,000 volunteers and go door-to-door to encourage kids to go back to school. Last year, the district says 735 re-enrolled. Houston's campaign is flashy, but many point to Philadelphia as a model. Laura Shabilla helped lead a massive citywide effort there to bring back dropouts. When we started this process and there was a lot of interest in doing a big We Want You Back campaign, and we spent a lot of time talking about, well, if we're going to ask kids to come back, we actually have to have something for them to come back to. And sending them back to the place that they left in the first place because it wasn't the right school for them isn't the answer. Chicago knows this, too. The district is adding nearly 10,000 alternative seats at tiny schools around the city, with the first of them projected to open a year from now. Authorizing those schools was one of the mayor's goals for his first 100 days in office. District officials want to copy another idea from Philadelphia, re-enrollment centers, where kids can talk with counselors about why they left school in the first place. Did they need child care? Do they have trouble reading? Answers to those questions can help direct kids to a school that zeroes in on their needs. Shabila says it's a victory when a city decides to take responsibility for the young people it's lost. If you can do this right and pull this off, not only is it, you know, an economic imperative locally and nationally, but just the moral imperative of it becomes very powerful. The clock is ticking on the stadium full of dropouts, though. CPS admits a quarter of the 60,000 are already too old. Even on a fast track, they won't be able to earn enough credits before they age out of school. Another 45,000 kids have a shot. If the city's campaign to bring them back gets underway. Linda Lutton, WBEZ. Linda Lutton is an education reporter at WBEZ. To read our interview with Linda about her in-depth reporting at Harper, visit our website, thirdcoastfestival.org. Also, keep your ears peeled for Linda's upcoming stories on how violence is affecting Harper's football team. Those stories will debut on WBEZ toward the end of March. You've been listening to the Third Coast Podcast. This podcast and all of the work that we do is made possible by listeners like you and with lead funding from the Richard H. Driehaus Foundation and the John D. and Catherine T. MacArthur Foundation. Additional support is provided by the Boeing Company Charitable Trust, the Agadino Foundation, Chicago's Navy Pier, and American Airlines. This program is partially supported by a grant from the Illinois Arts Council, a state agency. Stay connected with Third Coast through Facebook, Twitter, or by signing up for our mailing list at thirdcoastfestival.org.